family. Happy Sunday, October 23rd. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode today. I interviewed, well, I had a call with my best friend from college, Serena, and we had not had a phone call with each other in 12 years. So we had a lot of catching up to do. And some of the things that we talked about in this episode was, of course, what we've been up to the past 12 years. We've we've been friends on Facebook. We've talked here and there. And what's so amazing about our friendship is that although we have not seen each other in 12 years, she will always be one of my best friends, period. And we'll always ride for each other. And I love her so much. And I'm so proud of the woman that she is. We talked about in this episode her daughter Zion, Miss Zion, who is a pageant queen and has over a hundred crowns. And uh, we talked about Joubert syndrome and what that is. We talked about her experience as a black mother in giving birth to Miss Zion and how that has went. And we also talked about just because we say Black Lives Matter, just because we say that black lives matter does not mean that any other demographic doesn't matter. And so without further ado, I'm going to let you all get into the episode. It is rather long, but it's definitely worth listening to. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Serena, so much for, for allowing me to interview you. I love you and I am so proud of you. And I can't wait to continue to just do life with you at a distance, girlfriend. All right, without further ado, here we go. How good. are you? Good, how are you doing? So good to see you. Good to see you too. It's been so long. <laughs> this is crazy, girl. How has it been so long? Um, I know, I know. How? 12, 12 years since we graduated college. Like, I can't believe that. Wow. Wow. 2010. I never, I don't think I ever put numbers on it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> How? Like, I don't understand. I feel like I blink my eyes and like, here we are. I don't get it. I can't believe we're official adults. It's catching me on guard. That's wild. That's wild. It's crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait for this episode to publish because, you know, we just have such a long history and, you know, mm-hmm. even though time and distance has, you know, just happened and life has happened, you are, I still consider you one of my very best friends. You know, I love you so much. I'm so thankful that we've stayed connected. And I just think this is going to be a great episode. So I'm super excited to have you on here today. (laughs) So Serena, so tell, okay, tell my listeners like who you are, what you do, what, what do you want to talk about? Um, and also like, you know, just how we met and, and just what you've been up to in life. Cool man, cool man. <laughs> so, um, I'm Serena. Um, I'm a very big, uh, starting off, like my biggest foundation is I'm very big on activism. Um, mm-hmm. very big on using my voice, um, speaking up for people who can't, don't necessarily have a, um, solidified voice in society. Um, mm-hmm. as well as, um, like for many different re- reasons, um, my biggest thing is just like, I'm very big on black history, very big mm-hmm. on black activism. And, um, recently, um, due to my daughter, um, very big on just kind of like a disability rights and, um, like following ADA policies and human advocacy in general. Um, mm-hmm. my daughter has Joubert syndrome and basically, uh, like the bare roots of what that means is that she'll walk, talk and um, speak later than other children. So um, mm-hmm. 
it's kind of um you have a if you were to look at an MRI you would see um a deformation that looks like a um, molar tooth in the back of her the middle of her brain so um she has extra space there um that has potential for like a building up fluid um also like a deformity in her um oh snotty nose <laughs> Oh, child. Oh, hi, Sion. Oh, sweet baby girl. Mommy duties. Hey, don't worry. This is real time. I love it. This is how it's supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> That's why moms are complete superheroes because, like, literally, of course, you know, I'm not a human mom, but the more mm -hmm. I interact with moms, the more I'm around us, like, I'm just like, yeah, we're definitely the rock stars here. <laughs> yes. yes. That was cool. Hey. <laughs> so, Syndrome, so, so she is a superhero. So, so let me ask you, so when did you, did you find out in pregnancy that she would be born with Joubert syndrome or how did that happen? So I found out um, when I was two months pregnant that my child would be different. And um, I was told she had would have Dandy Walker malformation. And the doctor left the room. Well, actually, the nurse, after they uh, were going to get the doctor to look at the results of the ultrasound, and she said, uh, don't Google it. And um, I said, OK, since she left the room. And of course. I got to the room, and my face was full of tears. Mm. And like my mouth was open. I was like, wow. Um, because the big thing with that is a uh, hydrocephalus. Um, so just like um you see the pictures and you know, internet always has like the worst case scenario of anything. Of course. And I was just hurt. And they asked me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I want to keep her. Um, I'm big on pro-choice, respect everybody's choice, um, yep. whatever decision they would make in that moment. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like the right decision was this one, and it was. Um, <laughs> when she was about, um, she gets about, she's at bi-yearly um, MRIs now. So um, without contrast, which means they don't have to put her to sleep, they don't have to give her anesthesia. Um, so um, she... They, um, about a year, after, well, in our first um, MRI, the doctor looked at it and said, hmm, we're going to monitor something and still diagnosed her with um, Dandy Walker. Um, so we waited a little bit longer. And um, on the next visit, they told us um, that she had, and this, at this time, we're still doing the yearly, and it's actually every nine months. Um, mm -hmm. She, they, the doctor looked at it and was like, I can't believe they missed this. And um, they were like, she, it's not Dandy Walker, it's Joubert syndrome. Um, but the thing is, it's so rare that a lot of people don't know that it's actually both. Um, so Joubert syndrome is what caused the Dandy Walker. And what Okay, Dandy so Walker what, is. yeah, what is Dandy Walker? What is that? Okay. It, um, it's basically um, a malformation in the brain. Um, mm -hmm. Her type of malformation is what caused the Dandy Walker, but there are many different um, like things that can pair with it other than you bear. Um, Dandy mm -hmm. Walker happens in one in every 25,000 life births. Um, Joubert syndrome is one in every 80. Um, oh, wow. To one in every 100,000 life births. Wow. So um, it, um, 
there's a lot of different things that can trigger the Danny Walker, but they're both extremely rare. But um, mm -hmm. with Joubert syndrome, there are not a lot of, um, like there's a community on Facebook um, of a couple of thousand members. Um, and luckily we grew up with a superhero uh, close to us that had Joubert syndrome, which was like, wow. Um, that was wow. blessing. You see her graduate from high school with honors and everything. And um, if you see this little much can go from just kind of like sitting in the, I would take her to school when she goes to a school for kids with superpowers. So they have uh, therapy and everything needed for kids who are um, different in that school. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um so at too much she started at that school and she would just sit there and no movement um they still did her therapies they didn't really expect much um and like the next year okay Zion she's sitting up assistant so she's like um holding her hands down in front of her and there you go and she's um sitting there and I'm like whoa look at her so she's starting to build her core muscles um hypotonia um is a big thing with Joubert syndrome which means you have a weak muscle tone and usually it's in the midsection mm -hmm. so that's what causes like a lot of wobbling when they walk right um, why it's hard to walk and crawl because you have to be able to control those core muscles um then she went to army crawling which is like dragging herself on the ground um then she went to like crawling, crawling. And then she was pulling herself up. And um, after she started pulling herself up, they got her a gait trainer. Um, probably when she was sitting up assisted around this time, um, we started pageants. And the biggest thing was like, um, yes. <laughs> I wonder, Little pageant queen. Yeah. I wanted I wanted her to have high self-esteem and um to like be around other kids who are neurotypical because she's around a lot of kids who are neurodivergent a lot. Um, I did not know what it was gonna be for her. Mm. Never have expected. So the kids like uh, when we started doing the, the bigger and bigger they got, the bigger the ones that we started doing. Um we started off the first pageant had like five kids. Um, and she would like, um, first time when she started winning queen, I was like, oh, wow, wow. Started winning supreme titles. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but she, uh, the other kids would like um, come play with her, call her name, and she would watch them and then start mimicking them. So hmm. she would start trying to do what they were doing. So they were walking and they were moving. So she right. was pulling up faster and moving around faster. And got her in her, um, I would, I still go on stage with her sometimes, but um, she would go up there and I would kind of like hold her up and hold her hand or hold her core. Um, now she'll run out there by herself, um, which she will be crowning, any crowning picture, I don't want to be in it because it's not my, um, <laughs> like she, she wanted, not me. I just yeah. uh, helped her a little bit, but I wasn't really, everybody gets help, but the person who does it is the winner. And um. So she would, whenever she would go up there by herself, I would, um, when she, first she would sit there and then she would um, be in her um, gait trainer. So it's kind of like a, um, a walker, a medical walker for mm -hmm. um, bigger kids. Mm 
And then she started, um, I remember the first time that she walked on stage. And she no, the first time she stood by herself on stage. Oh and I was kind of like holding her core. And I started like slowly moving it away. And then I like backed up a little bit. And uh they watched her grow up. So everybody's just kind of oh. like they all you hear is the audience go like just silent. And you hear like the moderator, like the tears in her voice. And girl, you're making me cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm trying not to cry myself. I'm holding it in. Um but everybody was just crying for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so happy um, <laughs> that she was able to share that moment. Yeah. Like she's growing up, she's a big kid now. And now she's trying to talk. And she's going too fast. They live. <laughs> right, right. It's like a um blessing to me because I got to have a little kid for a little bit longer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I figured that I would cry a little bit on this call because we haven't seen each other in so long. Yeah. I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Proud of her. Yeah. What a little angel. <laughs> She's like, it's me. It is me, mama. <laughs> so, Serena, tell me, um, like, do they know what causes uh, um, this and, like, like what's the research on it and and all of that so it's kind of like um the best way to describe it is um i've had um one person hey mama, uh like kind of talk about sickle cell how um and because a lot of people have seen like the charts and with the respective trait and how it relates to that and so like me and her dad had to carry the gene and um for her to be able to like have g bear syndrome Gotcha. So um, we both, um, we both, it's a, her um, AHI1 gene has a uh, defect in it. And that's what caused like the uh, malformation in the brain. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, let me ask you, because, you know, you know, I love you and I are, we have ta always talked about everything, you know, yeah. and uh, so let me ask you. What has been your experience as a black mother experiencing this and going through this? Like when you, yeah, when you got that news when you were pregnant, like what were your thoughts? Like what, how did you feel? I was worried about, um, like, especially when I found out that she was, that I, when I, before I knew her gender, um, I was like, I have a black child who's going to be different. So she's going to be black. And that's what people are going to see first. And then they're going to discriminate against her because they're different too. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that she wasn't even male. <laughs> so <laughs> now you are a black, you got three strikes against you. Um, like Polly Murray, like, uh, but she was, uh, her third strike was that she was gay and a black female, mm -hmm. but she's mm -hmm. a black female that's neurodivergent. So mm -hmm. like that people would treat her different and there have been patterns to where I've had to say things. And um, cause you like, I've been black for 36 years. Uh, I know when there's mm -hmm. discrimination happening. Yep. And um, I know when um, I'm very, uh, I can look at another kid and say, hey, this kid was better than my kid on stage today. They deserve a higher title. 
So just right. being humble enough to know like where your child places and everything and still cheer on other kids. But there have been times where just like even as a little kid, um, you see your kid being treated different. Um, yeah. And there have been times to where like, and because she's different and because of how much she's done, um, never just anything been given to her, but there have been times that people have been so inspired by her that they've honored her. So mm. like her, she always she works really hard um <laughs> for what she <laughs> for what she wants to get and like um being in packets which is uh, predominantly white. Or um, it's normally like a lot of, if you see um, black kids, a lot of them are mixed race. Um, so seeing like dark skinned kid, a kid mm-hmm. who's parent, one parent is okay. Ring light gone. <laughs> That's okay. Thanks, <laughs> <Hey>, sweet girl. <laughs> Look at all those trophies in the background, which I know my listeners, you know, won't be able to see that. But basically, I'm looking at a wall of trophies and sashes. That is amazing. And she's just getting started. (laughs) Yes, she has like the living room is hers. That's amazing. I love it. So she has a (laughs) a bike and books. Oh, look at all that. That's amazing. A lot of wow. Look at all those crowns. Yes, so she has about a hundred crowns. There have been pageants to where she's won top ten before. Um, we do mommy and me things. Um, so okay, you took over the chair. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but she, um, this kid is just like a big inspiration. Not yeah. Only- so tell me, tell me about her personality. Like you know, like is she quirky? Yeah. Tell she- me about. You feel like her mom, and I can't even blame her. I just, I just sit back. <laughs> when one person came up to me, they were like, "You know, she is her mom." I was like, I, I know, I know it's me. I know this is me. This is. And when they say you get your, you get you ten times back when you have your kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> when those teenage years come, I'm got, I already got my therapy lined up. Uh, <laughs> I was rough. I was rough. Um. There's actually a a one event that she's going to be doing. Hey, no, mama, I um, called Outstanding National Alliance. To where this dash is from, and she will be reigning as Jacksonville, Arkansas. Awesome. Um, to where they require you to do um, community service throughout the year, um, okay. and basically do a lot of different outreach things. And one thing that they've added this year was included a um, a category for people who have special abilities. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just kind of like you see so much stuff happening. You see like your kid having like a, a what are you doing? A place like <laughs> to be able to kind of like um like inspire inspire different things. It right. Amazing to be a part of. Yeah. And this is her crown. Her uh, wears throughout the year when she goes to different events. Um, but she is, I could not be more proud of her. But she yeah, has that is personality. She, she's won, um, she has well over 150 side awards. 
and a lot of them are best personality. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that so much. Yes. So she's just a little pageant queen. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. That is awesome. And she's such a great re representative of just proving that, you know, it doesn't matter what, what cards you've been dealt with in life. Look at her glow, you know, yes. <laughs> that is amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So let me ask you, so what has, has there ever been situations where you like had to call someone out on their ignorance, whether it be, you know, racism or, you know, with that and whatever, like just ignorance. 100% and I have no, no doubt no uh no no regrets whatsoever uh, of course I believe you know speaking up for yourself um mm -hmm. I think the only time where I was like uh, I apologize once for how I said it um but I made sure <laughs> that um I am not apologizing for what I said um mm -hmm. and I feel like and that but in pageants you're going to come across a lot of situations where it's not like a lot of uh blatant racism or anything like that to your face right. so people just kind of like say things to other people um but um there have been situations where there have been um bullying situations that um mm -hmm. a big thing about me is I'm going to come directly to you one way or another and if I don't see you when it happens I'm going to find you somewhere and social media is a very <laughs> good tool uh, and I will <laughs> and ask you um, right. let out what's going on I've only had to do that twice um but it's just kind of like I, I I grew up like being bullied a lot and mm -hmm. so um I'm kind of zero tolerance for stuff like that and I noticed microaggressions and I noticed mm -hmm. when things happen and um people don't have to be I don't expect them to be adult enough to apologize for anything um because they wouldn't have done it in the first place if they weren't right if, if the integrity was behind it but um I do um make just like I I always tell my it's kind of like um like the Malcolm X philosophy that a lot of people um especially black people live by um don't start anything but if somebody touch you you finish mm -hmm. it and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's kind of a big thing with um me and her I don't want her seeing me back down just because oh who this person is it really doesn't matter um mm -hmm. these parents the titles a lot of stuff isn't going to matter in 10 years um what's going to mm -hmm. matter like what she learned behind it and one thing mm -hmm. that she learned is that her voice matters and that she matters as a that's person right. and she does not have to tolerate any disrespect whether it's for her race whether it's because of whatever reason that a person may have um to not be a good person or exactly um, it's just kind of like she's going to see her mom take care of it when i was um younger um i was not zion's height uh, i was probably around <laughs> zion's height when i was about nine or ten uh, <laughs> she's four but um this uh, <laughs> it was a little boy that followed me home and um he was way bigger than me and some kids are like a little bit bigger um he was like uh, in the second grade and mom watched his boy like get closer and closer to my house and follow me home every single day and um, it came a day to where he came up and pretty much like assaulted me um and I'm pretty sure that handprint um from my mom is still on the side of his face um uh -huh. and, and luckily mom did not go to jail when they called the police but um 
it's kind of <laughs> like when you have a parent like that that's like a mm -hmm. that instills that in you like that it's okay for you to defend yourself you that's don't right. have to, like um feel guilty or feel bad for standing up for mm -hmm. yourself people know what they do whether it's being passive aggressive or not um mm -hmm. and sometimes people take advantage um it'll just be just because you're nice or because you're mm -hmm. quiet and um that's a lot of the blatant stuff that we dealt with um a lot of people in pageants are protective of her um they do not play about zion uh they will pull up about that like good. Um, on her um if we do a fundraiser um i remember the very first fundraiser and it was before like i could just like be able to find a way to um, budget and afford like the bigger pageants um they the pageant was a thousand dollars and wow. i had 600 facebook friends and um including you and <laughs> y'all covered that whole pageant so, um that was a blessing um a very very big blessing yeah. and um that pageant was actually when I had to like deal with the first situation that we had to deal mm -hmm. with. Um, so it was just kind of like um, it was a like a teaching moment. Like um, a lot of people can bless you. Don't let one person mess up something that. Mm -hmm. Which um, at that time it's kind of like a hindsight thing. Don't let one person mess up what a lot of people put in play to support you with. Um, mm -hmm. So going forward, just kind of like using that thought process and using that teaching and any other situations, I look at it as like um this kid is taken care of. I post I post the Amazon wish list or something like that. And every almost everything's gone. Um, wow. the couch, um, someone didn't even know it was a couch that I put all of her stuff on when I took the picture. Um they didn't realize it was a couch under all those toys and clothes and bikes. Wow, that's but, amazing. Um, it was a serious blessing like that. <laughs> when, <clears throat> when the bike showed up in the middle, the father. <laughs> yeah. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Give me this. This like, is my mom's uh thanks Danae. uh <laughs> Zion, uh, supposed to he be hitting the ball with the bat uh <laughs> it's a whole team off that but uh yeah but, uh, <laughs> but she um they just like man like she's very taken care of and That's it's good. such a like a, I, I i picked a really good activity for her um she also participates in dance um Ooh. she can play percussion um as well as piano she's about to be in swim um uh, since she likes to dunk her head into the water that uh, is she amazing. To close her mouth so she stops throwing up <laughs> <laughs> don't drink the water Diane. that is amazing but she does like a lot of a lot of things so this kid she's going to the olympics she's going to be doing something big she's going to be an astronaut mm -hmm. But um girl with you as her mother, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I think that the universe, God, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. you believe in, definitely chose you to be her mom. She chose you to be her mom because she knew that she would be taken care of. So that's amazing. I love well, it. A lot of people they'll look back and say, um, or some people ask, like, um, if would you change anything about it? No, like Jubair syndrome and all. Uh she is absolutely perfect. And um 
I uh, like again, once again, I said I'm pro-choice, um, still pro-choice, um, but I just like I feel like I made the right choice, and that mm-hmm. puts a lot of love. What are you doing? Oh, so I got a lot of I, I like I can't even I can't fathom my life without this child. No, oh, I love that so much. So, yeah, what is it? What does it feel like to just have such an awesome community of support? You know, like as you knowing that you're not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I I can't even imagine. Girl, it's hurting for me to take care of myself and I ain't even got any kids. So <laughs> I literally cannot even imagine having a child, let alone a superhero child that's mm-hmm. got like special superpowers that I got, you know, mm-hmm. like, so like, yeah, how does it feel to have like that community around you? And, you know, or how do you practice your own self-care? Because I, I, I'm sure like it's hard at times, you know? Um, For like the first year um, or so, I did not practice any self-care. And um, I had um, very severe postpartum. Um, my hair was twice as big. Um, a lot of my hair fell out. Um, and it's even times where I catch myself like I'm slipping up today. Um, like last week, I about, no, about two weeks ago, I noticed my hair was falling out again. And I was like, oh, it's not as long as it was. Um, so I went out, got some different products. And the thing was, I wasn't doing anything with it. Just get, putting water on it, styling it. And then pretty much just letting it dry out and like gaining weight. Um, but I, so the big, I put a lot into her. Um, mm-hmm. Her dad's not um, like involved in her life. So she's never even met him. So it's a hundred percent me. And um, mm-hmm. that's a like going for, and I still want more kids. And even if they're exactly like her, I'm so fine with it, but I want three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll settle for two. But she, um, she just like, she makes it worth it. Like as a parent, like you, I can't believe that I have a child that's alive. Like, cause I am so childish. And like, the fact <laughs> that I'm able to like keep feeding this kid and stuff. I'm like, Isn't that amazing? Like we're not. You are a superhero. You are a superhero. (laughs) No, I'm like they got to put me in the next Marvel movie. This is crazy. Okay, exactly. (laughs) How is she surviving? And then she's like, she's happy. Like wow, like she's living the life. So it's just kind of like she's happy, well taken care of. What? (laughs) Oh my god! So it just says. I don't know, like uh, I just had to start coming up with a regimen. I literally have alarms in my phone to tell me to get up, brush my teeth, take a shower, and get back on a good regimen to where um, there was a point where my aunt saw me in the store and didn't recognize me because I had let myself go so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, with me and she was like, I would not have known that was you if I wouldn't have saw the baby. And, wow. Um, so just kind of like been working on kind of, getting back, um, taking care of myself, buying clothes for myself. Uh, yeah. For a long time, I think I got down to like, like when I first started at UCA, I think I took one pair of shoes, like two or three pair of pants and like four shirts. Um, and I had almost got back down to where as in like an adult now, I was almost in that same situation. And I was like, hey, get some Fenty. Um, do what you gotta yeah. do. <laughs> um, buy mm-hmm. some clothes, um, some shoes, and mm-hmm. do a little thing for yourself. <laughs> but my thing is like, um, I don't really care too much for a long time. I like to do stuff with her. Um, 
So my um stuff for myself, sometimes I find a way to make sure she's included too. And that's my form of self-care because my cool. dream job has always been to be a mother. So mm-hmm. um, I like, um, um, don't really need like a lot of time alone. Whereas, um, which I definitely would knock anybody who does. You got to take care of yourself however you right, got to. Right, right. But um, I lo- I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> this is my this is my self-care. <laughs> She's taken care of, then I'm taken care of. That is so amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And you know, like <clears throat> whereas, like I said, like you know, of course, I don't have any kids or anything. But girl, I completely understand when it comes to like going through waves and uh, periods of depression, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I think people who have never experienced depression don't understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, like when literally when people who suffer from depression, sometimes days where you are brushing your teeth is your win for the day. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, like even myself, I recently, you know, just going through my career transition. It's, and then my grandmother died, and then one of my girlfriends in Nashville was murdered, you know, and it's just like, yeah, there's been some days where, like I said, brushing my teeth was my win. And that's, right. that's okay, you know? So, and that's like now I'm finally at a point where it's like, you know, I'm, I, which I never stopped going to the gym, but I'm finally getting, like, I'm a morning person. So I'm usually up at 4 a.m. But girl, I was sleeping until like nine, nine thirty. That is so mm-hmm. not like me, you know. Um, and so, so yeah. So me getting back to my early morning workout times. It's like whatever your version of self care is, like yeah. then, and that's what makes you happy and makes you feel alive. Then that's okay, you know. And that's gonna look different for everyone. That's right. You know. So, but yeah, like girl, depression is so real. Ooh, wee, it is so oh, real. That. I it get so it. Physical. A lot of people think it's just mental or they think that it's um just being sad and that's not what depression is. Depression no. is like loneliness. Depression is anger. A heaviness. Like more than just sitting in a corner, rocking back and forth mm-hmm. and crying. It's like a whole different level of like, yeah. you found a way to push through it, but it's still like something mm-hmm. pulling you from who you are as a person. And sometimes right. therapy doesn't always help. Sometimes it does. Yep. Sometimes it doesn't. Um but like wow chill out bro uh this is dude you over here gagging and stuff chill uh but uh yeah i got them little arms but um like you just gotta find your you find a way to uh, make sure you're taken care of um but it's like it it definitely is physical yeah yep it's, it's very, it can be very heavy and, you know, you think, you know, the course there's the, po- you know, toxic positivity and stuff like yes. that. It's just not that simple. It's just not that yes. simple, you know? And, um, you know, and then too, it's it, cause you know, as far as, you know, living, growing up in Arkansas and stuff, you know, I come from absolutely nothing and, you know, being out here in Atlanta, one of the things I've been doing lately to make money is I basically like host or bartend at one very, very rich people here in Atlanta have parties at their house. And that has been an interesting experience, you know, like even socioeconomically, like I will never forget after one of the first parties I worked, I called one of my best friends crying the next morning because 
the type of toilet paper this lady had in her house <laughs> was not, I was like, yeah, they're not selling that where I shop at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like a golden tan clothy toilet paper. I was like, yeah, we're totally in different, different text, text. Oh, brackets, we, you know? Yeah, I ain't in the text bracket. <laughs> Girl, it is, so that, like, that, I'm not gonna lie, like, that's been, and, and two, it's, it's very interesting because like, uh, for example, one of the parties I worked, it was a 30th birthday party, okay? So mm -hmm. I get to the house, it's immaculate. I always Google the houses the next day. And this was the next day I Googled it, it was a $1.2 million house. And um, the husband answers the door and I was like, can't be him. He looks like he's in his mid forties, right? And then I met the wife. I was like, yeah, she's gonna be in her forties. I was like, maybe it's a guest. You know, maybe it's a guest who's coming. They're 30th birthday party. Well, I found out through listening, it was the husband. He wasn't even 30 yet. Wow. I'm talking when you walk in the four, like four year, a marble flooring, like, I mean, huge house, right? And yeah. here I am, 35. I'm like, dang, I'm just trying to put gas in my car. <laughs> I live below my means to pay for Girl, <laughs> shoot. Like, it's just, um, you know, and, and just basically realizing that oh wow like some people were really and don't get me wrong i'm sure those people will say i worked really hard to get to where i'm at but it's also like yeah but you also didn't have the same obstacles as other people generational so, wealth like you oh uh, my god completely and i didn't even know like i didn't even know until recently like last year i became a homeowner on my own will praise nice. god yeah and so i have this little 625 square foot condo but like during the home home buying process, my my realtor mortgage lady was like, hey, do you have a family member who can just like, you know, give you like ten, twenty thousand dollars for the down payment? I was like, what? what? I was like, people do that? Like, that happened? I was like, yeah. wow, you know. She ain't from where we're from. That's some people's salaries that I know. That's right. Still, like, right. What? So it's just like, and you start to, so I say all this to say that, you know, it's so easy with social media to like play the comparison game, like feeling like mm -hmm. other people, especially in our own age group or ahead of us or whatever. But then when you also look at, but they didn't have the same obstacles as you, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's too, com like for example, a lot of my girlfriends, you know, that I used to hang out with and stuff, they were all married to income households. That's a different mm -hmm. situation when it's just you taking care of you. You know, yep. or you taking care of a another human being. Yeah, it's a whole other different situation. You know, and so uh, one of the things I've been trying to really work on consciously lately is not comparing myself because you can't. No one else is in your lane. No one else is walking right. your path. You know. Right. So, but um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to is just trying to girl just out here trying to make it, and I still love Atlanta. Um, they're killing I love Atlanta. it. I can see. It's like the Hollywood of the South now. It's wild. <laughs> but you know, you know, one of the things, Serena, that I absolutely love about Atlanta, I love seeing so many like black business owners, like black women mm -hmm. CEOs. Like it's just so, and it's not even about me, you know, because yeah. clearly I'm not black. We all know that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like because the media, knows that, mm -hmm. you know what I'm which I know you know that, but yeah. it's like, to see in real time, like I, for example, 
whenever I do work a rich people party that is a black family, oh, I, I love it. I love it so much. I am like, yes, I am here for this. I'm so here for this. It's amazing, you know? Um, it, however, it is the, the rich, the white rich people parties that I do get a little bit disgusted because at, at times, not all the time, yeah. but at some of those parties, it's a situation where we speak when spoken to. Um, but in my experience with the black rich families, it's not like that. You're a part of the event. Oh, do you do you have a tip jar? Like, here, honey, take this twenty dollars. Yep. Do you need yep. something to eat? You know. Yep. <laughs> it's culture. Oh, it is so like which you know. You know, I love black people, so it is what it is. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, but I just and I think that's one of the reasons why I love Atlanta so much is getting to see just the diversity, you know, like just of so many things. Like it's the culture down here, like you got like for example, I love Ethiopian food. So the fact that I can go 15 minutes down the road and eat some authentic Ethiopian food or mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like it's just it's so cool, you know. Yeah. So that's been really cool to experience. Yeah. So, I love yeah. That. so what um like what's been going on since UCA? Like, do you ever like do you ever talk to any of our classmates? Like, God, what it's just so crazy. <laughs> I uh what do I do I not really. Uh sometimes I do I like it's, uh, it's uh some people um but I kind of like um you know I wouldn't say on them or anything like that. I pulled away from a lot of stuff um, just because depression started. Because at that time, I was comparing yeah. myself to, man, I should yeah. be here. Like, I, didn't I know, girl. Out of my plan. I'm doing this. So I was like pretty much kind of internally falling apart. Um, yeah. And then started to get like leadership positions, um, started to make more money. And I was, I think my biggest thing was I didn't feel like I, and I had one person call this out. They were like, I feel like if you made more money, you feel better about yourself. And people say money is a happiness. <laughs> but when you're like uh, living off eating one pack of crackers a day mm -hmm. and like having water or going home mm -hmm. and have Talk no, about it. no water. That's depressing. Yep. Yes. That's like yep. you, money is happiness because yep. at least I would have some peace. To um, be able to take care of yourself. Yeah, trust me. And that's exactly with my career transition. That's exactly how I, I, that's part of that's part of what my depression was, was like, dang, I'm 35 years old. And I feel like I can't even take care of myself. That's depressing. And people will be like, mm -hmm. like you said, oh, no amount of money will make you happy. Yes, there is a certain <laughs> yes, amount of money that will. Yes, yes it will. Absolutely. Because <laughs> guess what? When I was making money, guess what? I felt a little bit better about myself. I so did. So did. Money leave you. And you sit up there, I'll be hurt. Like it'd be times every day, I'd be like, I don't know if I can do this, do this again. I don't know if I can. Exactly. Yes. And just that. like to be able to give her what she's what she loves. Like she hears certain words and she knows, like, okay, yes. Like um Wednesdays, she knows it's time to go to dance. So to run. Like usually when you gotta act force her a little bit to come after school. <laughs> uh, I'm like, she acts like I abused her. Like, why is she doing this to me in front of these people? Get in the car. But she Wednesdays, straight to fall. You know, that is hilarious. You know, I don't even mention that it's Wednesday. I think they say something better than class. 
and she already gets in her mind, okay, we're right. going to do it. So, and then when we start gymnastics, I know it's going to be the same way. Because you try to turn on how to flip. You got to find a bunch of, I find budget-friendly stuff, stuff, and free classes and stuff. Um, but that's the only way, like, it's kind of, like, when participating in pageants, you get to see people in, that live in a higher tax bracket than you. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to do this pageant. Oh, yeah, we're that's $2,000. No, I'm not there yet. We not signed yeah. yet, like ever. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny what people's you know. That's like with me working the rich people parties. Like you know, like they're living their life. It's a whole other like like it's like what does it feel like to yeah act like two thousand dollars like shit? <laughs> you yeah. Know what I'm yeah, yeah, we're gonna do this every weekend. They call uh, they have a term in pageants called weekend warriors, and I'm like, baby, these people are either really rich. Or like, not you. They got money regardless, but like, um, man, they they got Trust money. Trust me, I, I got feel that. I feel that. that. Well, it's so it's so funny because I remember one time when I was working a previous job a few years ago, and this was before I got my salary job. I was working like three jobs at one time, like literally. Oh, this is where I got Sierra, and you know, got off like, really off the phone. And I remember one of my coworkers, she just worked because she was going through a divorce and her husband in order to get, I guess, alimony or child support, whatever, like she had to prove that she had a job, but he, let's just say she still lived in a very nice area of Atlanta and she was fine. Right. So I'll never forget one day we were working together and, uh, I, we were talking about like payday and I was like, yeah, I hope I make it to payday. Cause I only got X amount of gas in my car. Right. She was like, yeah, I'm broke too. Blah, blah, blah. Then this woman goes and orders a pair of $300 wedges from Spain when we're sitting there. I'm like, hang on now. Like, hang on. My version of broken, your version of broken, two different things. Not the same thing, baby. Not the same thing. That's somebody rent that you didn't spend on some shoes right. from a whole nother. So okay. you got to pay shipping? Right. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm like, you know, in, in, you know, and again, like, it's not, it's not your fault that you were born into money or whatever. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but all I'm saying is, is that there's levels to this. Yeah. And that person ain't on that. I, you broke. Oh, you. Oh, okay. If that's what you right. broke, I would love to see you with money. Can I be broke with you? Right. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, just, and I think that, you know, for me, my biggest epiphany in the last year or two, and especially, you know, when my seeing that my grandmother passed away is that, oh, like you don't put off your life anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like life is happening right now and whatever showing up for yourself looks like right now, start doing it right now. And, you know, another thing too, for me, one of my big things this year was allowing myself to tap into my creativity and this podcast is actually part of it because, you know, so many as creatives, as creative people, I think sometimes that's where our depression comes from is when we're not allowed to express our creativity because we're focused on survival. Yes. We get depressed, you yes. know? Oh my and so, God. Right. And so one of my ways that I'm trying to express my freedom is doing this podcast you know, and, and stuff like doing my branding and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. that, those are some of the ways that I've been, you know, trying to show up for myself is because, you know, <clears throat> in this society, it will, 
just go to work, pay, barely get by, pay your bills. But that's, that's the only privileges you have. You're not allowed to be creative. You're not allowed to, you know, leave your imprint however you want to leave it. So this is my way of expressing my freedom is by creating this podcast. You know, I support that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So do you ever go to homecomings or anything? Um, I got a little fat, so I be feeling self-conscious. Girl. I went to one like a couple of years ago. I'm going to try to go. I think I'm going to take Zion to the um, Greek show um, this year because I want her to like experience that. And I think she will yeah. love it. She um, will. So probably get us the matching outfits and I'll go up there uh, shaped like a pumpkin, but I'll probably be in it. <laughs> I mean if it makes you feel any better last year I was the leanest I'd ever been and this year I'm not lean as I was I'm, well yeah let's just say the clothes are they're real tight right now so <laughs> but you know and that's another thing too like understanding that our bodies change like yes. that's the thing our bodies are going to change yes. it is what it is especially as women you know we're actually designed to have body fat on us for childbirth you know mm-hmm. and it's it's not necessarily healthy for us to be super lean because then it messes starts to mess with our hormones and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know so just giving yourself lots of grace it's okay our bodies change yes oh my god it has definitely changed i'm like golly but like so when it, it was it's worth it so it was a sacrifice i got a little a little pooper now but it was a it, it was worth it <laughs> that is too funny well what what else have you been up to what else has been going on um mostly working zion um yeah and i started back writing i had writer's block um okay. i couldn't write anything for like five to seven years so mm-hmm. i've written like about um Prior to that, to about 200 uh, poems and short stories, um, and was a. Uh, oh, please don't watch this. Um, so they won't be following me. So <laughs> driving in Houston, it got inspired. So where's the paper? And I'm just like writing while I'm driving. I'm like, whoa! It was like three pages, and I went, whoa! Like, wow! So um, I got somebody gave me my muse back. What are you doing? Um, somebody gave me my muse back and uh I'm able to like get that dude. Oh, I'm able to like do a lot of stuff. Um okay. I lost because of depression. And I was depressed mm-hmm. before I had her. And um mm-hmm. and then it just moved up for into postpartum depression. Yeah. And now it's just kind of like um I'm just really, really, really happy. And I always try to look at it from the positive side, like even with being a single parent, I'm like, well, at least I don't have to ask anybody else their opinion. So mm-hmm. I'm always finding a way. There's always a way <laughs> that um like it turns out good. And um yeah, like um I don't know about this 18 thing that people be talking about. Once you get 30 and she move out the house. Um <laughs> Is going to be uh, it's going to definitely be hard. Some people say don't get married yourself because when your kids leave, but I just want to be able to give her everything so that way when I leave, mm-hmm. like she would have had time with me. So she's yeah. very important to me. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I love how much of a mom you are. That's amazing. 
my best job ever. The best job ever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm excited to like watch her grow up and I'm sure, I mean, she's already an amazing young lady. So, you know, I can't wait to see how much her light is going to continue to shine in this world, you know? Yes. <laughs> Four years old and changing the world already. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see her at six. I want to see what she's so, like in that school. Right. So let me ask you, so when is her next, her next pageant again? Um, It's going to be in Kentucky. Um, It's going to be okay. in about a month from now and the second weekend in November and so um, one of the uh, biggest uh, pageants in the south um, in the nation I think um, and one of the most like known ones so pretty excited to go there like a lot of um, she 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 definitely goes and makes her mark in different places so um, got big hopes we have a coach for the first time this year we went last year um so um she, like Charlene helps her a lot and just kind of like works with her and like just points her in directions that I didn't even know she was able to do like she's starting to focus now so um cool. she still does stuff like her way because I don't want her to look like the kids I want her to look like her right. doing whatever mm-hmm. she wants to do and I don't care if that doesn't mean if that means that she doesn't get the top title or it doesn't matter. I just want her to go up there and have fun. When they say her name, this child goes crazy. Like, no matter what she wins, she hears her name. The hand shoots up in the air, and you Aww. see the I love it. Look at that smile. Like her whole face would just wrinkle up, and um, it is so freaking cute. And she be moving. They'll try to put the crown in her head, and she's just like. <laughs> Everywhere, she's so excited. She's like, "Catch me if you can!" <laughs> and then she'll get the crown and try to put it on, but she'll be looking at the crown, and then we'll put it on. And so it's backwards every time. It's so cute. That is funny. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, and let me ask you. So during your experience of you know your pregnancy and, and all that, like, how was your experience? You know, with the medical community, like knowing that you know your baby was going to be born with you know special circumstances and you know and then plus you being a black mother like was it did you did you have black doctors or how did that experience go it was great up until um I went to labor I didn't know what labor was and um so I apparently when as I was turning the hospital I was like and I would text myself a period every time and I thought I was having Braxton Hicks and I would text myself a period every time I had a contraction and that lady was touring I was like well, how do you keep up the contraction I was like I text myself a period and she said well can I see that I said sure and I, text, I gave it to her and she went how long have they been three minutes apart ma'am you're not going home I went oh this is oh like, wow Oh, I went, well, can I just go get my bag that I packed? So I drove myself to the hospital. Uh, went home, drove myself to the hospital. Uh, checked in, got cussed out for driving myself to the hospital because they was trying to figure out how my car was going to But um, the, I had a, everybody was good. Like, actually, my, like, my post-birth team was amazing. It was actually a lot of black nurses. And I was scared at the time because I was like, I don't have diapers and food. And what am I going to do? And they like got these big bags and snuck all these diapers and wipes in there. And like, uh, I had put a bag full of formula 
and gave it all to me because she wouldn't latch. And um, but it was one nurse. Um, I hope she got fired and does not work with people anymore. Uh, she was a racist piece of, piece of something. Uh, and uh, she was like, uh, as I'm like pushing the button, you can push it exactly 30 minutes um, to release the medicine from the, um, that Samson, the dog over here, um, to release the medication, um, like the pain reliever. Um, and she um, was like, hey, you can lay out the bed. And I'm like, so I'm in the room. Nobody speaks up for me. I'm just kind of like in there by myself. And then that moment, like, white mothers don't ever have to think about this, but as a black mother, I'm sitting in there. And the first thing I remember is that I'm a black woman. And so I don't want to be, I don't want to to hurt. So I have to go into a subordinate, which is like, I don't do that. But I have to go into a subordinate position and just like not say anything because no one else spoke up for me either. And I knew that I was crowning and I knew that they hadn't noticed yet. And I knew that her shift ended at seven o'clock. And I was in like some extreme pain trying to hold Zion in um, until probably starting at about 6.30, 6.45. Um, I was, it was time and I wouldn't say anything. I waited until she left. Oh, I didn't want her to touch my baby because I was felt oh. like she didn't kill my child. Um, and mm. a lot of people say that's crazy and stuff like that, but we just found out about a, a man, a racist mm-hmm. serial killer that's killing black women, was killing black women mm-hmm. in Kansas City that police didn't take seriously. Um, it's a lot of black kids showing up with their organs missing out of their bodies. So mm-hmm. it's not that far-fetched to think that a nurse mm-hmm. would kill a black child because she's racist. So mm-hmm. um, I waited and at seven o'clock, I was like, all right, yeah, I know she left on time. Yeah. She's the type. Um, let's go, get them in there. I'm, I'm happy. They looked, they went, oh, oh. So they all ran in there. And I don't know if it was because I was, I showed her in or why, what the complications oh were, but I was pushing for three hours and couldn't get her out. And um, oh. it, the doctor whispered to a Oh, you snotty. The doctor whispered to a nurse, like, um, yeah, you're snotty. At uh, 10 o'clock, was like, hey, what time is it? And they went, I don't think they knew I heard them. And they said, uh, it's 10 o'clock. And um, I said, what? And they looked at me. I went, what What'd you just say? And it went to 10 o'clock. I said, put my legs down, cut her out. I went, <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, it's a wrap, buddy. I've had enough. So it was something playing with me. And y'all were old. When y'all came in at seven, y'all were the dream team. So I know y'all were here by 7.01. Y'all had me sit up and taking her out. And I went, um, put my mom was like, well, no, no, because I told them to put me to sleep because I'll have an anxiety attack and I wouldn't be able to do the C-section. And um, they were like, uh, because you can't take, I take Adderall because I have ADHD, and I couldn't take mm-hmm. any of my medications because I was pregnant. So mm-hmm. I knew the consequence for I'd be if I was going to be in that room. And um, I had them put me to sleep. And um, she's like, don't, put, don't have me put you to sleep because she's worried about me not waking me. Put me to sleep. Put my legs down. Cut her out. So <laughs> they got me in the operating room. Woke up with a kid. I looked at her. They are like, you, you can't hold her. I was like, I don't want to. Um, Will you have food in my room when I get back tomorrow? Okay. 
and then I like fell back out from the medic because you can't eat like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like straight out of water popsicles and uh, beef broth. Um, so I wanted to, I was like, can I get a sandwich? Pin by the <laughs> Something. And then I was able to like, uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to, like I knew I, if I would touch her, I would drop her. So, um, but I turned over and I had a kid. And I, I think the first thing I said, and it's going to sound so weird. I said, whose white baby is this? Uh, <laughs> she was so light. Uh, she was so freaking loud. I was like, oh, white child is this with this body wrap? Like she was born with a body wrap. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is, who is that? Get her out. Where's my kid? And as you see, this was actually my kid. Because I didn't let him take that kid out the room. Um, so it wasn't a switch at birth situation. Uh, she slept in a room with me. Uh, they, I asked them about like, I was like, don't take her to the nursing. They were like, we don't do that here. Um, the baby stays with the mom. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is actually my child. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm praying. Listen, with somebody there who looks exactly like me. Um, but <laughs> with those, her, she had a dad's like big eyes to take up half her face. But uh, she, um, this is definitely my rock star, but it was only that one trash nurse. Everybody else was like, I had a, when they found out that she was different, I had an ultrasound like a, every, why are you copying her? I had an ultrasound every month. <laughs> ultrasound every <laughs> month. And um, so I got pictures from like, whereas most people, I think they had maybe two or maybe three ultrasounds. I had like seven or eight. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> They took care. Like I got really lucky. I went to did a lot of stuff with um, learning and teaching hospital, so it was a lot more diversity. Um, I did not want to use like Baptist or anywhere like that. That was like religion based. Um, my biggest thing was somewhere where I could make whatever decision I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think it is uh, really important that uh, you know people hear black women's experiences when it comes to childbirth um any type of medical interaction with doctors right because yeah. like for example i uh i had an uber passenger one time uh, she was a black woman and we got to talking about you know stuff that you and i typically talk about race and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff and uh, she was telling me about <clears throat> one time she uh i can't remember what happened but she just woke up i think she was cutting something up for breakfast and she cut her arm and so it was like real deep to where she she needed to go to the emergency room. Like she can't even brush her teeth for a day now. So she you know she goes to the emergency room, and um, she said basically this nurse came in, and it was like down to the bone. That's how much she had accidentally cut herself. I think on her forearm, right? I don't know what what happened. Whatever. I think she dropped. I don't know. Anyway, she said that they were coming in, and they were like, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. But she said they started like basically cleaning that out without putting any type of numbing or anesthesia. And she said, thankfully, a black nurse walked in and she looked at her and the nurse could tell something was wrong with the situation. Yeah. And so basically, I don't remember all the details, but that that nurse walked out and then that other the black nurse who came in was like, or I think she explained to her that she had numbed, numbed her or anything. 
Yeah. You know, and she was just like, she, what she told me on that ride was that, you know, the fact that, like, that we don't experience pain as Black women, as Black people. Yes. You know, because she was going to literally just cut it, do whatever she needs to do without yep. even numbing her. Yep. Just let her feel all that pain. Yep. I think that people, white people need to hear that these are real experiences that black women go through. Yes. Like not just sometimes, a lot of times. Yes. And, um, and it's just like, just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That's right. It absolutely happens. That's right. You know, and um, that's why another reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because white people need to hear that these things absolutely happen to black people and black women and black people do feel pain and you know and your experience as a black mom as a black woman is absolutely valid yes you know and so and i want you to know that which i know you know that but yeah um yeah it's 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 insane and it's it's unfortunate and we still have a long ways to go in our society um i do believe that you know people i do believe there are some white people who are trying, you know, mm -hmm. they're trying, yeah. but still it's like, like we still need to get with the program as an entire demographic of white people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so thank you for sharing your story. I really do appreciate it. Yes. And I definitely, um, like, uh, you have, I have to be careful with like doctors and I make sure that if they're, I don't think I have any white doctors. I think Zion has some white doctors um, just because she has so many specialists that she sees. Um, mm -hmm. But like I went out of my way to make sure that at least I wanted her to at least have one black doctor. And so her dentist is black. Um, and it. it's a lot of a, uh, it's, it's in some fields, all of her stuff goes through children's um so all of her MRIs and everything um we do have people who are middle eastern um so i like everything i can to, and it sounds bad but everything i can to get a non-white doctor especially specifically because of the pain factor all she can do is cry she can't tell you right now what right she can't tell you exactly what hurts right so the pain sentiment is completely true that um a lot of times my experience with a lot of white doctors is um that excuse me black people don't experience pain even a dentist that I had um caused so much pain that like I'm I was supposed to go get a tooth repaired um finished um I never went back because I was scared and like this is about a year and a half ago he caused so much pain and I knew something was wrong and um he didn't even care. I was having a panic attack and I told him I had anxiety before and he did not care. Um, so he's like, that book can burn in hell. But uh, it's, uh, <laughs> that meant like he is not a good person. Um, yeah, that's my um, Like I, when I saw that his nurse was from Ghana, I was like, okay, like he's not black, but he at least like he got he surrounded himself right with so i was like mm -hmm. i would trust him one of the best dentists mm -hmm. i ever um was him um and still go to him i'm only with another guy just because it was a last minute type deal but um that man um he was 
he's just like a horrible person. Um, he works in the same office, but he's just like really not a good person um, for the amount of pain he put me through. Um, and to think that I wasn't smart enough to know that something was wrong, um, as if I had never been to a dentist before. It was just, it was right. Like, you don't like, know your own body. <laughs> like I shouldn't feel stuff all the way down here. And um, like, it was, he, he hit something and did something wrong. He's never been doing it. So, but well, it is what it is. But the fact that I can yeah. just say, well, whatever it is, what it is, it's like, um, I should have already sued him. But um, <laughs> the fact that yeah. black people go through stuff like that and, in the back of your mind, even though you have so much, you know you have a lot of power, but you still know that you're a second class citizen. It's like um very hard. So yeah, well, and you know, and that's a, it's so interesting that whenever you talked about your experience of giving birth and you waited until that one nurse left, um, and talking about like basically you know pulling yourself back because you're reading the room of oh I'm a black woman about to have a black baby and this yes. is a white nurse who does not care about me clearly you know um I have a, a former client who uh she was telling me she works in banking like very like works on like 22 million dollar loans this and that and of course like all of her bosses are all white men you know and uh but she was telling me about how there's this other white lady you know in the office who's just a complete hot mess and she's always having to like clean up after her as far as her work and stuff mm -hmm. and she doesn't do things right but long story short she was telling me that you know i have to be very mindful like for example it's not okay for me to i have to be mindful when i'm expressing certain things i have to be mindful where my hands are my, yes. my volume and my voice yes. and see that those are the things that I know white people have absolutely no idea you know what yes. I'm saying and even me as much as I love black people and as close as I am to black people as a community you know I still will never experience those things and mm -hmm. I, I recognize that and that's why you know I try to do my best to talk about these issues and press the button to white people um because that's where my job is is that mm -hmm. my work is checking other white folks you mm -hmm. know um and <clears throat> not being here for their feelings you know yep. it's not about right. you at all <laughs> it's not it's not about you at all you know it's it's about this other demographic and you know it's so interesting when when the topic of black lives mattering comes up that white people start to throw a fit but it's just like this is what i try to how to I try to explain it to people is that okay like you see another beautiful woman and it's like that woman is very beautiful but that yes. doesn't mean that i'm not beautiful you that's know what right I'm that's right and that's where i think white people who don't understand it get it, they get fucked up because they've never had to be on the other side they've never yes. had to experience being the other you mm -hmm. know and um you know that's that's literally like i've realized and and as i've gotten older like honestly like i'm just at the which don't wrong i don't really my in my the groups i run in you know i don't really hang around a lot of white people of course mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but <laughs> but the white people who are in my life they know yeah don't go there with shannon on that topic unless you want to have your head ripped off <laughs> yes <laughs> you want that don't even go there <laughs> I actually, uh, that's actually one of the main reasons. So, you know, I was with Orange Theory for about six years and my bosses were two uh, middle-aged white women. They were so nice. You know, they're two middle-aged <laughs> nice white women. 
And, uh, you know, when the pandemic happened and the riots and the protests and all that stuff was going on, I decided to, well, it was Pride Month, so, and reading the room of what's going on in our society, and again, we live in Atlanta, Georgia. If we can't have an inclusive community in Atlanta fucking Georgia, Thanks. we have a serious problem, okay? Yes. Right, and so, like, basically, I brought my Black Lives Matter flag to the studio, and I told my staff when I left that day, which I had a very diverse staff, I had everybody, the whole rainbow, everybody, every culture, whatever, right? And um, was very close with my staff. And I told them after I hung that flag up, I said, if I come back here tomorrow and that flag is down, you will not have a manager. I was mm. like, you just won't. You know, and they probably would have protested with me and quit, right? Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is how the racists operate is that basically the flag was up for a week and I get a call from my nice middle-aged white women bosses. And they were like, hey, Shanna, so we've gotten some emails about the flag. I was like, oh, really? Who emailed you? Oh, yep. we'd rather not say. I said, oh, oh, so we're protecting the racist now. I said that. I was Thanks. like, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and this is, you know, it's interesting Thanks. too. Like I, uh, I heard a, one of the best quotes I've heard this year was professionalism is rooted in racism. And if you think about that, it is so true because yeah. who set the standards for what professionalism in the workplace is Thanks. white men specifically. Facts. You know, and if you think about it, I don't know about you, but in any working environment I've ever been in with predominantly white people or white men, don't show emotion. If you show emotion, yeah. you're a problem. Don't get yeah. upset. Like, don't, you know, and so, um, so long story short, that now I was able to keep the flag up for the entire month of June because I was mm -hmm. like, if I take down the Black Lives Matter flag, I'm taking down all the pride shit because you can't, first of all, you can't have pride without black folks anyway. So, whatever. <laughs> You know, and so, um, and then two of my next questions to them was, hey, like, have you thought about what would happen if your black clients or your clients who care about this demographic found out that we took the flag down for because of a, first of all, what should have been the response was, hey, you know, we're just going to go ahead and cancel your membership because we do care about this demographic, not yeah. like, how long you plan to keep the flag up? You know what I'm saying? Yes. But that's a whole other, that's another thing too. Like, because now, you know, companies, oh, we're sh we care about black people. We care about pride, you know, but when they, right. A lot of times the thing is when you have the opportunity to show your allyship though, you fold, like you're back in the background, like, oh yeah, um, black lives do matter. No, no, no. You're either yes. all the way in or all the way out on this topic, yes. period, right? Yes. And so um, basically that was honestly, I will never forget getting off that call. And I was like, of course, I didn't know where the fuck I was going. But mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to, why would I, like, I don't want to work here. No, because that's one topic I will not waver on, yeah. you know? And um, now I left, you know, later that year or whatever. But mm -hmm. you know what really blew me too about that situation is that, because, you know, Orange Theory, it's a, it's a group classes, right? Mm -hmm. What blew me about that situation amongst all those other things was that, okay, first of all, First of all, in, in all of these fitness facilities across the world, what type of music is predominantly played all the time? Facts. Not country. Right? And my thing is, it's just like, you love hip hop music. You love back that ass up. You love all that. Where do you think that music comes from? Yeah. Like, I just don't know. It's not black people. Exactly. Like, that's my thing. I don't understand. Like, 
like do you not understand that this music comes from black people that's, <laughs> like, that's stupid just, so like you know and and so and then so um earlier this year I was working for another fitness brand where it was it was founded by this ex-NFL player he's a white guy and I, they sent me to their corporate training in Nashville and it was all white dudes you know your typical frat boys whatever you tell they mm -hmm. all their friends and everything and I've never really worked around white men and like that and anytime honestly that's the number one demographic I typically don't get along with unless they care about <laughs> black people or, or any other demographic besides or you know unless they acknowledge their privilege like I got a couple of white male friends who get it like I have a, a white male friend who's married to a black woman and he under he gets it and he mm -hmm. you know whatever but it's very few and far in between right yes. and so I'll never forget I was at so what they did was they had us their training and they had us out on in the facility, but they had these other potential franchisees who they were wanting to buy into the brand come meet us, right? Mm -hmm. And so this one in particular, uh, it was a it was a black male, and we were talking. And actually, he lived in Atlanta, so I was like, oh, I was like, I live in Atlanta. I was like, doesn't that we're talking, right? Literally, this white dude mid sentence, I'm talking to this black guy, right? This white dude mid sentence just comes in and just whisks him away. I'm like, I'm like, oh wow, like. Yeah how does that feel to just have no utter regard for because this is the thing in my experience and yep. my experience with being around women people of color everyone else besides white men if that would have been a black woman or a black guy or any other demographic they would have been like excuse me i'm so sorry to interrupt do you mind if i grab him from you but no just yes. come in and just whisk him away mid-sentence i was still like my words were coming out of my mouth i was like did that just happen <laughs> Yes, it's like you're invisible. You're invisible. Yeah, what, what the hell? Like, like you don't see me? Like, like I, I know you saw me here. Facts. I had that happen with a. I'm not gonna say the exact situation, uh, but uh, someone. Uh, I'm doing something with Diane, and they like interrupted as if I weren't there, and I was like, so first thing in my mind, you don't see black people. I was. <laughs> they apologized but i was like that's literally the first thing that happened in my mind you know because i'm like i it wasn't even just like like we is this is probably the most educated black woman you ever know media like this for the culture they like recognizes like stuff like that and i'm like so bro didn't even just see me literally standing here 400 pounds two feet tall so i'm really brown and um you didn't see me like Zion over here, six foot two, and you didn't see me. Okay, okay. It's wild. <laughs> it's so wild, and like you know, it's just, it's just like yeah, like what does it feel like just to be able to exist in your own little world and like, yeah. like what does that feel like? You know, to not be able to see other people. Like I'm just, I, <laughs> I didn't think I got mad. I think I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. 22 my ass like uh <laughs> yeah, like it is what it is like you you it's like it's dumbfounding but it doesn't surprise you it's just like yeah. oh he's he's just doing his thing you know yeah. <laughs> you're like oh okay hey yeah, here we are yeah. no one even get mad like yeah okay yeah marka <laughs> <laughs> it is wild so uh yeah but Anyways, just wanted to share those things. It's, um, you know, it's so interesting with white people. White people are so scared to like, oh, uh, this feels uncomfortable. I, I don't want to, 
I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Bitch, yeah. say something. Something. Say something. Take a and chance. Also to say like, the wrong thing so you can be corrected. Exactly. Yes. Or say or say something like, hey, I, please correct me if I'm if I say the wrong thing and educate mm-hmm. me. Because this is the thing, you haven't lived a black person's experience. So guess guess who can inform you the best about a black person's experience? Black people. Yes. Okay. So yes. get to know. That's my thing. Like, do you even, you know, my, usually my question to people who are seriously racist and so dumb, some of the, which I don't argue with people on the internet no more, but I'm just like, do you even know any black people? <laughs> no, no, no. If they do, it's, um, they're, they're those black people, but uh, they, and that's all I'm going to say about that. They're the Kanye's, but, um, oh like, my gosh. <laughs> but no. <laughs> But no, not not nobody that's for the co- no, not nobody was actually actually marching. Like um, yeah. they don't know those people. Not people out here yeah. that um, when they see a picture of a or read a story, not somebody who can't watch Central Park Five. Like if you could watch it twice, mm-hmm. that ain't that ain't what. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know the people who can only watch it once and be scarred mm-hmm. for life because you know that happened and will never watch it again. Well, um, and you know what's interesting after so I remember watching that when that came out and I remember saying to myself after that you know I think I'm done watching any type of series or movie about black trauma yeah. like because you know don't get me wrong I know that these things happen and have happened but I'm tired of seeing black people only represented in movies about stuff like that like i'm not i'm not it didn't the emmett till movie come out recently like i don't i don't want to see stuff like that because i want i like seeing black people like i said like in the hemisphere of what black people really are which is moms dads business owners ceos like those that's my perspective on black folks you know which i mean don't wrong i don't it's not like it's not about me i I don't matter but i i don't i don't want to watch stuff like that no more you know so yes yeah it's it's traumatizing like or you can't watch it twice Mm -hmm. like i watch annabelle nope okay i'm like oh i bought i never even heard of that what 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 movie was that uh has janelle monahan it is about modern day slavery so like um oh okay like right now um slavery in america where they oh, lived wow. on plantations, and um, you would think it was the 1800s, and the only oh, way wow. that she knew that it wasn't was because of cell phone rings. Like, wow, literally, um, like that's like that's crazy. Watching yeah. stuff like that is just kind of like, yeah, like, wow, like yeah. like watching Get Out. Like, uh, I joke mm-hmm. with uh, some family members. They uh. Left Zion behind um, at a park and went to like, like, a, like, a, like some feet away or whatever. And I was like, you left her out there to just be get out it. Like, they gonna take my child. Like, they gonna right. take my child organs. No, oh my god. Like, no, like, what? Oh, like, my like, guess. be situationally aware. Come on now. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, seriously, man. It, the fact that Get Out is about harvesting black organs, and like um, a lot of people still don't believe or think that you're crazy when you mention 
that black kids come up missing and you like they literally found a black child wrapped up in a wrestling here in georgia yes body stuffed with newspaper organs Mm -hmm. missing Mm -hmm. like they kill black people for their organs like melanin Fields stronger organs, stronger organs. Mm-hmm. It's something in our systems that, and the fact that people yeah. don't, they think it's crazy when they say it. But then, like, you got people like they, but then they watch like the Dahmer series and just, oh my god, oh I'm so horrified. Oh, it wasn't it about race? It was about he targeted black and brown people. Period. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he he knew. He knew that that demographic was a very delicate demographic that him being a white male, you know, and plus that, that was, was, wasn't that back in the eighties? Again, I haven't really, whatever, but Mm -hmm. you know, also too, you know, back then it wasn't necessarily accepted to be gay in America or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, especially being black and gay. What? So he, he, right, exactly. And then even yeah. now, what what what's the guy in Kansas City? He was targeting black women, mm-hmm. like kidnapping them, raping them, torturing them, killing them. She escaped. News makes a story saying a nurse and a white nurse and someone like uh, saved her. No, they didn't. She saved herself. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they may have assisted her in saving herself, but she saved herself. Like so, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like um even the way that a lot of stories are narrated to make white saviors. Um, yeah, yes, exactly. Self. And it's like, um, exactly. we're saving ourselves. Like the Emancipation Proclamation didn't free us. Mm-hmm. We freed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if the, like if the Emancipation Proclamation worked, then we wouldn't have Juneteenth in 18, mm-hmm. from 1865. Because um, that was two years later. So mm-hmm. the fact that... Um, it's just a lot of uh, a lot of like America has a really big white savior complex, and that's why mm-hmm. they want to be against yep. CRT and not teaching um, actual American history, uh, calling mm-hmm. it critical race theory. So that I way, their white mind is exactly what the point of calling it yep. is—not critical race theory, it's actual American history. Yep. And if you feel bad about what your ancestors did, stop idolizing. Like, uh, yeah, stop exactly. Teach my child. That George that um, George Washington, well, oh, he's the founder of America. He was trash because he had slaves. Like I, mm-hmm. it was one person that um, they made a video about it, and I commented on it that they were really upset, and their friends were really upset, and I'm just kind of like, you're literally black, and a teacher. <laughs> Why would you teach a black child that George Washington was anything more? than a racist slave owner he was mm-hmm. nothing he mm-hmm. took teeth out. like people say the wooden teeth so much horrific than that he had teeth in his mouth from black slaves mm-hmm. so our past is an it's an ugly very ugly nasty yeah. history yeah. and that's the thing that i don't understand about white people in general even though i am white is that why can't you even just get to the point of acknowledgement? You know what I'm saying? Like if white people as a whole could even just get to the point of acknowledgement, like we could make more progress. Now, I do believe 
the generations beneath us are like, they, they don't play, you know, but again, there's so many layers and layers of this issue because that's how our country was founded that, I mean, again, even down to microaggressions that you have to deal with as a black woman, white, white people and white women will never experience or understand, you know, which I know, you know, that I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's just, um, yeah, again, for the people who don't know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and again, I think, I think that white people need to understand is that again, just because we say black lives matter doesn't mean your life doesn't matter, but please like, and also too, it's not black people's job to educate you. There's Google now. You can oh. educate yourself. As, oh, you I have to learn yourself. my history on my own. I'm not teaching you nothing. One woman, mm-hmm. I was just like, um, I, we were marching and I mentioned um, Ayana and I was like, that was a um, little black girl shot in the head by police. And then she was like, oh, well, tell me more about it. You're literally no. anti-protesting my pro- Girl, you better pick up that phone and Google it. I already gave you, girl. <laughs> Why are you still talking to me? Because I will literally, if you don't think I will fight you just because I got this two-year-old black kid with me, we will both jump. Right? How she is, but the same height. We right. will take you. Right. Like, so she was mm-hmm. just like, uh, I checked her in front of her um, three children and um, her husband. And um, good. Turned her back to her car um and did not care um okay just, it was uh mm-hmm. it's, again it's not your responsibility it's like it's not my no job. it's not your job stop no. voting against people teaching actual american history and you'll learn it like i have mm-hmm. you have the same access to stuff that i did it was one person who um i remember i think i was older um they mentioned malcolm x to me it was my my first real ex and then i um when I tell you I went from like pro-life to like, I was like a black conservative, like one of the most conservative people. <laughs> Literally, I looked into Malcolm X one time mm-hmm. and uh, he was so amazing. Change. Yes, they always mm-hmm. want to push Martin Luther King on you. They hated him too. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they exactly. made him a hero because yep. greater threat was Malcolm X. Because he, and a lot of people say, well, he was just teaching violence. He was teaching no, he that wasn't. If he me, I'm going to hit you back. Exactly. Don't and too, and this is this is another thing too. Just just because I want to preserve myself doesn't yes. mean that like I want to kill you. Yes. <laughs> you know, like why so, why did get that jump? That's weird. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, he was he was another historic figure that well, as we both know, that was oh largely misrepresented in the media. Yes and historic narratives because like wh- what was that movie that came out a few years ago that was about him um crap, what was that movie i can't remember but anyways it, it represented him so well you know it like just he was absolutely phenomenal and um he loved his people and i think that's what made him so amazing you know is that he just you know again it's just like it's not that i don't like you but I love me and I love my people yes. more. You know, and that's like, okay. I'm, I'm allowed to love and protect myself. Like a exactly. lot of people don't even know about him. Like his parents, like um, like his dad was follower of Marcus Garvey. And a lot of people don't know about, just don't know like about a lot of stuff and a lot of like mm-hmm. internal, like uh, self-hate, just like within the culture of different organizations um, trying to be bigger than the next. Um, 
but just kind of like how it's about self-preservation and mm -hmm. it's okay for me to love myself like yes. um being a black nationalist I can love myself and not mm -hmm. hate other people you exactly. are not the center of my universe I'm my exactly and or you're the center of your own universe and anything mm -hmm. where anybody no one else has a chance to love themselves that's not somebody I want to be around that's crazy that's not exactly. somebody you want to be around in real life so why would I nope. ever want to be around that culture that mm -hmm. like the whole like I don't believe in a Europe-centric perspective I teach mm -hmm. my child from an Afrocentric perspective. She will mm -hmm. learn. You, you, baby, you want to go and let them outlaw a teacher get in trouble for saying, um, teaching about um, like slavery or anything like which is our history mm -hmm. is not just slavery. Uh, we are before and exactly. after a small part of our history. Um, but mm -hmm. let the teacher get in. Baby, Zion to be a teacher to get you, do his student get you fired because every question she's going <laughs> to have is about everything black. Um. Why was they uh, shooting the black kids for uh, the sit-ins? Uh, why did River Bridges have exactly. to exist? Uh, mm -hmm. Why did Ayana get killed? Uh, where's Trayvon? Mm -hmm. Where's Tamir? Where's Emmett? Why aren't they alive? Why don't they have descendants? Mm -hmm. Like, where are their children? What's going on? They they don't ask questions. Why? Why? Yeah. Like. Yeah. So much stuff. It's even her dolls. Like I'm looking at her dolls. Um, there was one point where I would buy her a different black doll um, every time she would win. Um, and <laughs> so just so that way she would. And a lot of people sent some of these dolls for birthday presents. So oh, I love the doctor. And you got a photographer. Oh, I love it. These, I love these. Love um, it. Love it. Like, um, just different. And she also has, like, she has T'Challa up there. My adult, um, Maya Angelou. Um, love it. Love so it. we yeah. are for, she's going to be for the culture. That doesn't mean she has to Exactly. Exactly. Um, and if anybody else, if they feel that way, um, I won't waste time explaining it because you clearly okay. have your heart. If I have to explain to you that I'm allowed to love myself, then you're probably somebody I shouldn't be talking to. Exactly. If I can't just love myself on my own and be proud of who I am and be proud mm -hmm. of my culture on my own, um, I don't need you. Exactly. Yep. Amen. 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 Well, girl, thank you so much for joining me today. I've loved reconnecting with you. It's been so great. <laughs> Zion, you're a pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> So tell uh, tell my followers where they can find you, support you, and Zion, and 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 all that, and we'll wrap up, and we'll be we'll be good for the day. She has a group on Facebook called uh, Superheroes and Pageants Two. Um, they can add that group. She also has a page um, on Facebook called Specifically for Zion, um, where we sell bows, um, socks, um, and clothing, different kind of items in her name. Okay. She is that business owner. Um, I just I just support her. Awesome. So um, a lot of different things. Um, those are the two biggest ways you can find us. Um, my Facebook name or my initials um, in a different kind of way. Uh, my initials are SD. <laughs> so uh, my Facebook name is <laughs> and last name I DEE -E, uh, for Serena Diane. So um, a lot of people do not know my name. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> 
that's uh those are the biggest ways to uh, follow and support and um just kind of like watch her um as she goes along cool. and i will uh i'll also tag the her page and everything like in the show notes and all that too so that way people can directly click on it so so yeah Awesome. Well, girl, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so proud of you and the woman that you are. Thank you. And I'm proud of you, Miss Zion. I know I'll get to meet you one day. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a great Saturday and um, I will this. I'll need to do some editing, but I'm going to try to get this episode out by the end of the day tomorrow. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye, guys. <laughs>